Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Father, we just thank you for the power of those words, the reminder, the wonderful reminder that uh, death has lost its power, death has lost its sting. And as we gather here this morning, Lord, we gather not uh, for the sake of some kind of dry religious practice, but we gather because we worship a living God who lives and breathes and who interacts with us even this morning. And Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you are with us, within us, amongst us. We pray, Lord, that uh, you'd move in our hearts even now, stir something in us, Lord, Remind us of your power that is at work within us. That we're not alone on this planet, but actually you are with us. Lord, we commit to you this next brief little period of time where we just delve into your word. We thank you for it. We pray that you would just keep us attentive to the still small voice of the Spirit of God. Keep us attentive, Lord, to those promptings that you bring to us, ways that you would speak to our hearts even this morning as we have ears to hear. Think of the scripture, Lord, that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We draw near this morning, Lord, and we ask that you draw near. Meet us right where we're at. Speak to our hearts and do a work in us, Lord, of transformation, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thanks to you guys for serving us in the way that you... Yeah. Good on you. Good morning. Welcome to you all. Uh, This morning we... um, draw to a close our series on spiritual rhythm. Uh, it's been um, a couple of months, I guess, the last couple of months we've been embarking on this series, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. And our theme this morning is uh, in season and out. So in other words, developing a rhythm, a spiritual rhythm, that will sustain us in any and every season that we might go through in life. Uh, There was recently some graffiti emblazoned across the side of a building in Melbourne and uh, it was presumably written by someone who was feeling a little disappointed in the Australian government. So that narrows the field of suspects then, uh, doesn't it? Anyway, the graffiti simply said, Australia sucks. (laughs) S-U-X, fairly clear message. Well, then some other very clever person came along and later wrote underneath those words, Australia sucks, New Zealand five. (laughs) Which I thought was very clever, actually. And it's a reminder that different words, I was wondering how I might weave that into a sermon sometime, because I'm so clever. It's a reminder that different words can easily have different meanings 
or different connotations in different times and places. And uh, it's important to remember that when you read Mark Buchanan's advice in this final chapter of his book, because his advice is this, when life gets tough, have a beer. <laughs> you think, oh, seems like advice that perhaps more likely to receive in a pub than in a church. But Buchanan then is very quick to explain he's speaking in a biblical sense and using biblical language because beer is the Hebrew word for well, a place where you draw not fermented hops but clean drinking water like the wonderful story we heard from Nat Page just a little while ago. So in straight English, when life gets tough, have a well. When you dry up spiritually, have a place that replenishes you and that brings you refreshing. We all need a place of replenishment. We all need a place to quench our thirst, to water our dryness. We all need a place that brings life when all around is desert. Back in Genesis 16, we find the story of Hagar, the Egyptian slave girl of Abram and Sarai. You might be familiar with that story. And now Hagar, you might remember, is badly mistreated by Sarai. Uh, he's very jealous of her. And so in desperation and despair, Hagar flees to the desert where we read that she is met by an angel of the Lord. And the angel asks her a question, an important question actually. He says, Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? And like most people who find themselves in a bad situation, Hagar knows where she's come from. She knows where she's been, but she doesn't really know where she's going. She doesn't really have a plan. And you know, a lot of people are like that. The whole situation where you think, oh, I've been through a crisis. I know what the past looks like. I don't like it. I know where I've come from. But actually the truth is I'm a bit lost right now and I don't know where I'm going. I don't really have a plan. I'm not sure what the future holds. And so Hagar, we read, has an encounter in the desert with God who reveals some things to her and she realises that she's at a well in the desert and so she names the well Beer Lahai Roy, which means the well of the God who sees me. What a beautiful thing that is. That's good beer. <laughs> it's good beer. So even today you might feel a bit lost, might be a bit, a bit invisible. You know, no one seems to know or care about what you're going through, but let me assure you, God sees you. Amen. <laughs> Especially Patricia. Yes. He sees her and he hears her. Praise God. <laughs> God sees you. He sees and he cares. Come to the well of the God who sees you. So there are four wells I want to share with you this morning, four places of refreshing and replenishment where you will find God or God will find you in season and out. The first well is the well of worship. Now there's a story in John chapter 4 about a woman who met Jesus at a well. We don't know much about this woman except uh, we know she was overweight. Uh, she was a woman of some area. 
Yeah, try and keep up. <laughs> Bit of premature dad humour. Father's Day next week. <laughs> Woman of Samaria. Well, so we also know that like Hagar, uh, she had a past that uh, she was not too happy about. She'd had five husbands. The man she was now living with was not her husband. So there was a fair amount of relational turmoil in her past. There was some shame. Uh, you know, there was kind of a sense of failure. So she comes to this well. Jesus engages with her in a discussion. You might know the story. And before too long, the conversation turns to questions about worship. Uh, questions, variations of which continued down actually through the ages, even to the current day. You know, what kind of worship should we have in the church? That age-old question, what kind of music should we have? Does God like old music or new music? Does he prefer Hillsong or Handel? Would he prefer the pipe organ or would he prefer drums and guitars? Does he like us to jump around excitedly and clap our hands? Or does God rather it if we sort of stand still in a reverent way or kneel down? In other words, what kind of worship does God approve of? Well, Jesus cuts through all that tired debate with a clear word about what God's really looking for and he shifts the conversation away from the kind of, God, the kind of worship God wants to the kind of worshipper God seeks. It's an important distinction. A time is coming and has now come, says Jesus, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. His worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. So what does that mean? Well, to worship in spirit, first of all, means we seek to engage with God at the very deepest part of our being. You seek God at the depths of who you are with raw, honest authenticity. Jesus is saying that God seeks people who seek him in the inmost places, those places that only God and we can see and sometimes only God can see. We can't even see them ourselves. Now, what that looks like on the outside can vary greatly. It can be very demonstrative, which is why some people lift their hands earnestly to God, and as they sing, their hearts are saying, God, I just want more of you. I just want to draw closer to you. God, I, God, I need you. But other people, and maybe you're like this, they're not actually quite so demonstrative by nature, and you know, there's some people you can tell they're extremely excited and worked up if they give you a bit of a thumbs up. That's sort of their expression. So external appearances are almost irrelevant, but God looks upon the heart. Yes. You know, the Bible tells us that. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. So that's worshipping in spirit. Worship in truth is worship that is theologically sound and intellectually engaged and emotionally connected. So think of phrases like, God is good. Or God is love. Those are theologically true statements. Truth. That is truth. But in order to engage with those phrases intellectually and connect with them emotionally, I need to remember and recite and repeat and anticipate the goodness of God and the love of God. I need to reflect on his acts of goodness in history. I need to reflect on the way that God's been good to me personally in my life. And then I need to speak those things out. Amen. Yes. That's what it means 
to worship in truth. And you know what? My soul is somehow watered by the experience of regularly doing that with others who are also engaging with God in worship. As we gather together in this kind of context and declare together the goodness and the love of God, we find ourselves drinking together from the well of Jesus who says, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. That's good beer. It's good beer. It's a good well. The well of worship. The second well is the well of the word of God. You know, when Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit and he faced the various temptations of Satan, at one point uh, Jesus' response to Satan was, you know, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word. The word of God is our spiritual sustenance and the food from which we draw our spiritual strength. It's a deep well. So there's no substitute for spending time in the Word of God and sinking your roots deep into the wealth of riches and wisdom and understanding contained in these pages. Mark Buchanan says this in his book. He says, A steady practice of Bible reading, in season and out, is going to give you strength beyond yourself, wisdom above yourself, and courage bigger than yourself, all the things you'll need when a crisis comes. It's a great quote. If you've got the app on your phone, you'll have that quote there for as long as you want it. And some people say, oh, you know, I just... I find the Bible a bit boring. Well, who finds the Bible boring? Oh, careful, a trick question, isn't it? <laughs> See what Mel Mowbray sings. Okay. Some of it's a bit boring. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that. But let me give you an analogy. You know, I often have wheat picks for breakfast. <laughs> Vegetables with my dinner. It's a bit boring. Some of that's a bit boring. I'm generally not that excited about wheat picks in the morning. But, um, you know, I know those things are good for me. I know that uh, goodness is going into my system as I eat the wheat picks, as I eat my vegetables. There's goodness going, there's nutrients that are strengthening me. Well, right now, I don't know what you're reading in the Scriptures right now. Right now, I'm reading through the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. And let me tell you, that's not a whole lot of fun. It's like, um, it's like wheat bix without the milk, <laughs> Jeremiah is. All sorts of um, <laughs> doom and gloom there. Have you ever eaten wheat bix without milk? <laughs> not only that, I've been a bit crook, actually, the last couple of weeks, so I was a bit lacking in some motivation in my reading, but as I was ploughing through on Tuesday morning this week, Jeremiah, I came across Jeremiah 15, 16, which says this, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. And as I read that, I just felt instantly kind of moved in my spirit, 
And uh, I thought, yes, Lord, I bear your name. I belong to you. Give me a fresh hunger for your word. Quicken it to my heart so that it's like water to my soul. And then the next day I looked forward to my time in Jeremiah again. This time I read these words from Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is him. And again, I thought, yes, that's me. I want to be that person that trusts in the Lord, who puts my confidence in God. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I thought, Lord, I want my life to be like that. Please, Lord, in season and out. That's good beer. It's good beer. It's a good well, the well of the Word of God. And, you know, the Word of God's become for me a well that replenishes my soul, that refreshes me. Even the wheat of Jeremiah. <laughs> the third well is the well of prayer. In Old Testament times, under the Old Covenant, if you wanted to enter into the presence of God, uh, First, you'd have to go to the temple or to the tabernacle to enter into the, the Holy of Holies, uh, which was also known as the most holy place. But, you know, not anybody could do that. Only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. And only then, at certain times, not only that, but there were various kind of cleansing rituals, rigmaroles that he had to go through in order to prepare himself for this encounter with or even a conversation with the, the living God. It's a remarkable thing. And even then, according to Jewish tradition, they'd tie a rope around his ankle so that if the encounter with, with God was too terrifying or too overwhelming, and, uh, you know, the bells on his robe, he'd have these bells on his robe, and if they stopped tinkling, you thought, oh, something bad's going on, they'd drag him out, and uh, he's probably dead. Um, so it was just like a serious business. Now, contrast that with these amazing words from Hebrews 10, which we'll put up on the screen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Think about that. Compared to the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. We have confidence Amen. to enter the holy of holies, the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. What an amazing thing that is. This is, this is the breathtaking, remarkable truth of the new covenant that Jesus has made a way, a new and living way by his death and resurrection for you and I to come directly into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, the very presence of God, without fear. Amen. And this is the essence of prayer. We can draw near to God yes. and talk to him about anything, whatever's on our minds, whatever's troubling us, whatever's causing us stress or anxiety. What a friend we have in Jesus we used to sing. What a privilege, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. In all my years of walking with the Lord, I've not come across too many people who 
find it easy to pray. And my confession would be that I'm one of those people who doesn't find it easy to pray. But I've learned some things over the years. And you may not be like this, but you know, I know for me, one of the things I've learned is that if I sit still in my study at home in my end room and I just sit and try to pray, try to draw near to God, my mind straight away just wanders all over the place. But for me, actually, if I walk, it's very interesting for me, if I walk, I just seem to be able to focus more easily. Even then, there are times I become distracted. And at those times, I've found something that helps me. I begin to recite scripture as I walk. So as I'm out walking, even in the front garden, I think, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Then maybe a song comes into my head as I'm walking. I praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. Before I know it, I'm in a different zone. And I find that I've drawn near to God and he's drawn near to me. And in that more focused place, my conversation with God flows very easily. And here's an important thing. The well of the word has led me to the well of prayer. Why? Because it's in there. Because I read it and I know it. The well of the word of God then leads me to the well of prayer. And you know what? That's good beer. (laughs) Who'd have thought I'd say it's good beer and Patricia would say amen. (laughs) It's good beer. The well of prayer. One final well and we're close. The final well is the well of community. Community. When Mark Buchanan talks about this well, his observation is that unlike the other wells, This is a well that he has needed to dig himself. Or to use our earlier analogy, this is a beer that he needed to brew himself over time. It's about digging the well of community or of friendship. Let me share a personal story from my own experience. Maggie and I were, um, we moved from Perth, from Adelaide back in 1996 to take a past role here at Mount Pleasant. And uh, after about 12 months here, I, I hit a bit of a wall, actually, personally. And uh, I just sunk into quite a deep depression that lasted for a few weeks. And uh, as I reflect back on that, there were a number of different contributing factors in my life at the time. I'll just share them with you. You know, I'd left behind my entire family and friendship network from my life. I was 29 years old when I came here. Left behind my whole friendship network, close friends and family. And so, sort of lobbing in here, I was suddenly a bit of a Nigel, no friends. Uh, and we had, on top of that, we had two small children. It's a challenging time of life, especially without family support. The church is wonderful, by the way, but it's still difficult. Financially, things were a bit tough, uh, being on one income and we were renting. Um, we owed money on a house that we'd sold at a loss in Adelaide 
to come to Perth. That's depressing, isn't it? When you're paying money, you're like you're owing money, you're paying money for something you don't even have. Uh, it's kind of the perfect storm for me at the time. Uh, I was just young, perfect storm of, of challenge and just all seemed a bit difficult and overwhelming. Anyway, Margie could see that I wasn't doing so well. So quite late one evening, she said to me, I think you need to call someone. Just talk to someone. And again, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, but I don't, I mean, I've only been here for a year. We don't really know people. Nigel, no friends. We could call someone from Adelaide maybe, but it's too late over there. And I thought, to who am I going to call? It's 10 o'clock on a weeknight. Maggie said, well, call Rob Kane. He's a youth pastor. He probably never sleeps. <laughs> so I called Rob and without hesitation Rob said I'm on my way Amen. yeah this is going to cause me to struggle a bit he said I'm on my way I'll be there in about five minutes And what I learned that night was that, that we're not meant to go through stuff alone. We're not meant to go through stuff on our own. We're meant to go through stuff, the difficult stuff of life. We're meant to go through it in community with God's people, with Christian brothers and sisters in friendship. You know, Rob didn't have any clever answers to my problems. He just sat with me and he listened to me, he prayed with me. I think he brought a bottle of port, um, which is unorthodox Baptist approach, I thought, at the time. <laughs> but he was a friend to me that night. He was a friend. And over the years, I've dug some deep wells of friendship here in Perth, and I have quite a number of 10 p.m. friends who I know, if I were in need, would come round at the drop of a hat. If I rang them at 10 p.m., they would say, I'm on my way, I'm coming. I have a smaller number of 3 a.m. friends. <laughs> they probably don't know they're 3 a.m. friends. <laughs> who even in the middle of the night, were I to call upon them, I know that without hesitation at 3 a.m. they would say, I'm on my way. I'll be right there. That's good beer. The well of community. The well of friendship. This is an important well, friends, that you need to dig for yourself. And it's helped me over many years to know where I've come from. It's helped me to know where I'm going. It's given me the strength to persevere when it all seems too hard. You're not on your own. You have a God who sees. So when life gets tough, have a beer. <laughs> when life gets tough, have a well. Have a place that replenishes you. Just as importantly, when life is good, have a beer. Have a well. Dig some wells. Those things that will sustain you through the difficult times of life. Dig those four wells 
of worship and word and prayer and community. And may God be with us as we do. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for that story of Hagar who found herself in a place of desperation and need in a desert, an arid place where she was dry, ready to give up and she learned that there is a God who sees her. Bia Lahoi Roy. You're the God who sees. Thank you for each person here this morning, Lord. As we sit here, all sorts of hidden things, deep within our being, hidden pains, things just beneath the surface, things we struggle with, things that only we know about. But you know about them, Lord. You see them, you see those things. You see deep into our hearts, even those things that we don't know ourselves. And yet you love us. Lord, help us as we navigate our way through this life to do that well, to do it wisely, to discover or to dig those wells of worship and of the Word, devoting ourselves to your Word. Help us, Lord, to be people of prayer, to learn more about what that means in life. Help us to discover deeper levels of community and friendship. And Lord, we thank you for those times of difficulty that, that steer us in the direction of community. Help us to follow, Lord, those promptings of your Spirit. Guide us and help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.